G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Dan Koppel from the edge of the crowd is joining us. He's been spending a weekend a little bit differently because it was the jewel in the pool, USA versus Australia. And let's just say the traditional swimming rule book was thrown out and all sorts was happening. And Dan's joined us to give us his highlights from the weekend. Dan, thanks for your time. Thanks very much, Jen. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So how was it? Because I spent some time across one of the other shows going through some of the differences of which some made sense to me. And I thought that sounds kind of cool. And other things I was like, this could go anywhere. Uh, Look, it was a lot of fun. Um, One of the highlights for us was having athletes out on pool deck the whole night. Um, they didn't spend a lot of time in the warm-up pool. They're around cheering on the sidelines. We had someone drawing Andy on the bottom of Ellie Cole's uh, prosthetic foot um, <laughs> so that she's ready for her Toy Story career next. But um, just the atmosphere, it seemed like everyone was having a blast in the crowd. Um, the pyrotechnics guy um, and the swimmers, most of all, were having a blast. So... The the basis of this, where did it become? When did it start? A few years ago, and then stopped for COVID. But yeah, where did it come from? So, Jewel in the Pool kind of came around in the late nineties, early two thousands, and it was the US versus uh, originally Australia, and then it, uh, for a little while, um, a European composite team. It's a chance to have the best against the best in a a non major meet, um, kind of with no medals on the line. Um, and they raced for points, and um, they've brought it back after 15 years. It hadn't been in Australia. It's been about 10 years since the last duel. Wow. But to revitalize it, they kind of threw out the rule book a little bit. So we had different kinds of races, um, different relays, and then we had some sort of like power play um, moments where the coaches could try and maximize points for their swimmers as well. So I read some stuff across the weekend as well that and, and saw some comments by some of the swimmers uh, sort of almost saying, look, yeah, the rules would get told to us. They'd go one ear and out the other. <laughs> we were always a little bit clueless. Yeah, that was Molly O'Callaghan who told us that on the first night of competition. Um, that was after she'd run around not sure which events she was swimming, let alone what she had to do once she was in them. Uh, but it seemed like everyone had a great time despite that. But there were a couple who really um, kind of fell confused um we had in the the final relay um the americans swam two by 200 and the australians were swimming four by 100 and cody simpson was second on the blocks and he was standing there asking his teammates what am i supposed to do do i swim how far do i swim how fast do i swim um and michaela smith had um a bit of the kind of one of the low moments of the weekend in the mystery relay so what they did for that is that each of the swimmers swam their four strokes in a different order um, and they were only told as they were getting up kind of to get up on full deck what strokes they were swimming. Um, and she got DQ'd because she swam the wrong strokes. And I know that at least one other swimmer was petrified of that and didn't care about their time. They just wanted to make sure they got the order right. So it was tough work for the athletes as well. Yeah, that would have been tough. Now, with that one, I kind of wanted it to randomly, but without randomly, select backstroke to start off the dive position. I think... Uh, everyone was hoping for that. Um, word on the street was that backstroke and breaststroke were the worst to have at the end because your legs are cooked um, in the backstroke and then you have to finish with that. And breaststroke, you just feel 
so slow was everyone's coming past in the final leg. <laughs> so I think you're right. You're onto something there about backstroke being best first. <laughs> Plus, I just wanted the whole like dive in, you know, face <laughs> face down, and then have to flip over. That was that was sort of the one of the things that I was looking forward to. From your take, a successful event though. I think so. I think everyone had a lot of fun and already last night they were talking about trying to find a time in the calendar for the next one. Um, But it was a a pretty monumental weekend as well because it was really the first international integrated meet where we had para swimmers and able-bodied swimmers swimming together and that was one of the real highlights. And with with the way that the integration was there, how did those relays uh, work out? Were they fun to watch as well? They were fun to watch. Um, it, it was interesting watching Ellie Cole and Will Martin standing up on the blocks there alongside uh, Emma McKeon. Um, I think they really enjoyed that moment. But I think the other cool thing that we saw out of the event was that they raced the para events a bit differently. So the way that they race multi-class events at the moment is you get a point score based on your time. Um, so everyone starts together and then you hit the wall and you look after the board and you get 700 points or 800 points and whoever has the most points wins. But it means sometimes that swimmers in higher classes who are more disabled come in 20, 30 seconds after the faster swimmers and have enough points to win. And they changed that up this weekend. They had a stagger. So you had someone like Will Martin, who's very quick, standing on the blocks, counting the 24 seconds or 22 seconds until he could go and then try and mow down all the swimmers in front of him. I like it that way. That's good. That theatre is added to it, absolutely. And and I can tell you the swimmers loved it too. They loved the, the chase and, and the excitement of knowing that if you touch the wall first, you're going to win. You don't have to worry about points or anything. You just have to get to the wall first. And so out of the jewel in the pool, and I really appreciate your time giving us these sort of bite-sized highlights of it, who won it, USA or Australia? Uh, the USA did. They've oh. never lost a duel in the pool. Never? Um, never. But this is the closest. It's usually a blowout where they win by 80 or 100 points. But this was as close as we've got uh, with 26 points. Um, so we're on the rise. We're getting there. Um, and a little bit more practice with the tactics and the points, and I think we might come away with it next time. That sounds fun. So will the next one be held in in America? We travel there? We don't know yet. Don't we'll know find yet. out. I think they've got to get a date first, and then they'll worry about everything else afterwards. Oh, it sounds really good. What else have you got coming up this weekend to look forward to, Dan, before I let you go? Uh, this weekend, um, we've got AFLW starting, which I'm really excited for, but I've also started... Pay attention. We've got the um, Road Cycling World Championships in Wollongong in about a month's time. Um, so we're starting to, to get excited for that. The course looks great. Um, and that'll be something on the radar um, over the next few weeks as footy finals happens as well. Thank you so much for your time jumping on quickly here on the overnight crowd. And sounds like you've had a really enjoyable weekend. So thanks again. Thanks very much, Jenny. Thanks for having me. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.